Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. The word community is a word that gets thrown around often, but we rarely take the time to dissect what it means and think about what makes communities we are part of so special. Coach Michelle and I sat down to discuss the idea of what makes a community great and how we strive to create a space that everybody feels welcome coming into. We also talked about some communities from the past that we have been part of that has left the lasting impressions on us. Thank you for listening as always. If you can share this podcast with a friend or family members, we would be honored to have you do so. Please don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes and leave us a comment in there as well. Let's get this started. I'm fresh off of a virtual certification course this weekend through a Deviate Fitness. And this, I've gone through a lot of certification courses over the course of my life. And my life, my fitness career, I guess. And, uh, you know, everyone's different. But this one was absolutely my favorite. And there's so many elements to it as to why it made it so special but the one thing that stands out to me the most was when they said one of the things that they focus on the most is community they meant it and it got me thinking uh that today i want to talk about this idea of what a community is you know we we throw around that word a lot but i wanted to kind of dive right into the what that word means and how to create that environment of a community feel mm-hmm. um, and just kind of kind of talk about it because I think you know sometimes words that we frequently use gets thrown around without us taking a step back to think about what does it really mean and why does it mean so much to us you know and so this podcast is our opportunity to kind of slow our life down I think in terms of like you know when cassette tapes existed, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can play it slow. So the, the, the music that sounded normal sounds like, what are you <laughs> saying? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was really good. Good. Thank you. I know. <laughs> There's actually a style of hip hop that was born in South um, that implemented that as a style and, and, and then it became popular back in the day. Anyways, that's another topic. On its own. <laughs> Interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was. Uh, so this is our chance to kind of slow it down. That's where I was going with this. I can sidetrack so easy. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> okay. So let me set a uh, um, you know an example of why to me this weekend was so special. Usually, when we go to like a fitness certification course, and I think it's relatable in other fields too. There's a presenter. They present or they teach you something, right? Mm-hmm. And then in a certification course, they teach you and you're expected to learn. And then there's usually some kind of test, either written, verbal, or a skill-based test or all three combined. And if you pass, you get certified, mm-hmm. right? That's how usually the testing system works. This felt a lot different. So obviously, Phil, Phil and Pam are the leaders of DVA Fitness and I own huge gratitude to them they were wonderful wonderful people basically i learned everything i know about kettlebell from phil 
he came up with this methodology of teaching different ways of teaching and you can really tell how much thought he's put into this work so it was basically the certification courses based on what he's the, the information that he's gathered and how to go about best practice of getting clients to do you know to perform the movements the best they can mm -hmm. and and kind of you know based on the bell placement based on the cues that we use based on how we go about teaching but what was so different is obviously he's the main presenter but as the members of the community we were able to chime in and chime in and make suggestions and on the fly on the spot he would try something and if it worked and if he felt like it went in in, in line with what he was talking about he made the adjustments right away I mean, in what certification course do leaders actually take that step? Right. You know, like they're literally, I, I felt like there was no ego on Phil's behalf to be able to just like stick to his way. It was so open and that had a trickle down effect on the rest of the community. Part of the segment, we dedicated about hour and a half talking about breaking barriers in the fitness community creating a safe space for everyone what certification course do that right right you know and we had a breakout session where we talked about the barriers we faced in this industry and things that we had to overcome our insecurities and and that was part of the discussion and part of the topic right which is also it's incredible also because it was virtual Yes. So you weren't all in the same room. Right. And you probably actually had to stay a little more focused and get a little bit more involved because it was virtual. Yeah. And I, I, I told Danielle, I said, I felt like I made more connections, stronger connections with other participants in this virtual certification than when I went in person. You know, that's really interesting. I don't want to get sidetracked here either, yep. but probably, you know, people weren't distracted with um, phones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, when you go to, to seminars, trainings, you'll usually stay with people that you already know. Yeah. So this was a way, you know, everybody's everybody's focused. Everybody's attention is on the program. There's no like sitting there looking at your phone or texting your kids mm -hmm. <laughs> in the middle of it or looking at something else. You have to really be focused and, and pay attention. So that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. And, you know, the other great thing was just the fact that like it kind of forced you to have conversation with other people mm -hmm. but because of the atmosphere that felt created everybody was more open to suggestions and because there was no testing at the end so testing is actually happening this week like we made a per, you know individual appointment with them and we're going to test you know sometime in the week virtually but because there was no component of testing at the end we as participants weren't focused on that Oh, so we were focused on the information that was being presented and really being mindful of what we were practicing, mm -hmm. which made this whole experience wonderful. And so, like, even if you're in the other industry working, that's something to think about, right? Like when you go to this continued ed courses or seminars, even virtually or in person, if there's a testing at the end to see if you've understood the knowledge it kind of defeats the purpose of what you're going there for because you're going to be looking for what's going to be on the test and, and some people are going to have test anxiety and that's all they're going to be thinking about. Whereas if you just 
leave that aspect as hey this is only one component there's way more important issues that we're going to go over in this weekend and that's what i want you to focus on if you go in with that kind of mindset as a presenter that could be achieved and i think phil and pam really really did a great job doing that and so i feel really grateful i feel rejuvenated in that term and i felt like i got so much more out of this weekend even though this is a virtual certification course uh than i would have in the past we can all feel it over here too because we're like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) he's super motivated that's right i'm ready to go (laughs) i can't wait to start the march program i think it's gonna be really great for the great for the clients and i can't wait to implement some of the stuff with the athletes You know, because I'm always looking for ways to improve our programming and improve what we're doing with the kids because I want them to, you know, we always talk about this. Like, I want them to come out feeling great after each session. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, you know, they're going to feel good about themselves. They're going to be a little bit more confident. It just leads to great things overall. So I'm really pumped. Right. And educating them as you get educated makes them so much stronger in all senses, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's actually go back to the original topic. We, we, <laughs> I just talked about the certification for the first two minutes, which deservingly so. I think it was an important topic to cover to get to this point of idea of a community. Right. And I can, you know, as an outsider, I was not in this seminar and I can already feel the community just by your Instagram story. You did the little floss thing yeah. and everybody was participating in that. So even though I wasn't part of it, I could feel that community sense just yeah. from seeing your story. So, so that you know, was really cool. Dude's like you've gone through some certification courses and seminars in the past and you know, in the fitness industry, it is so hard to peel away the ego. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um and so this seminar, the this certification course there was none of that. And that's why challenge like the floss challenge was successful. So the floss is spelled PH in, 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 in you know, paying, paying gratitude to Phil for his <laughs> name. And it's, and then he actually accidentally did a floss while he was presenting on club bells. And that's why, uh, this, this came about <laughs> the floss challenge, but anyhow, but like he doesn't, you know, in a sense, like he, his ego doesn't get in his way as a leader of this community. And we all embrace that. And mm-hmm. that is such a wonderful thing because I think fitness industry in general is very, very ego driven. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we're sometimes it doesn't get in our way. Sure. You know, like we are, we sometimes fall victim to that as well. And so it's just neat and so nice to see leaders in the industry really consciously working on peeling that layer of ego away and creating an open environment open community for everyone to make everyone feel welcome that's wonderful as a female sometimes when i go to these seminars first of all i'm outnumbered yes and there are some very young very strong very athletic males so as soon as you walk in the door you you can feel that and it is intimidating so i can see where you know just just taking that back a notch would just make everybody feel welcome and and feel more like community yeah and i mean the looking at the part so there was 55 of us that participated and just the diverse background of where people came from there were people from all over the 
world like there are european people who tune in and west coast people and oh, the certification course started at 8 a.m eastern time so it was like 5 a.m western time i don't know what time it was in europe but maybe like midday or something like that but it went all day so we went from 8 a.m to 6 p.m so you know like only the east coasters got the benefit of having an actual good time frame you know what i mean like for for people on the west coast and the across the country i'm sure that was rough but they all did it you know like because they just it was such a great experience that's wonderful yeah yeah another thing we just don't consider no yeah exactly so let's go back to this topic of community sure what are some communities that you've been part of that have left you left a lasting lasting impression on you dupes so when you told me that this is what we were going to talk about today, which was not long ago, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. I do. Then I don't think too much. The The things that kept coming to mind to me were um, previous jobs that I had, mm. honestly, because, um, you know, that it it really became community there in all of my jobs when I look back on every job that I've ever had in my life I was in some sort of helping capacity working with people um, helping them in one way or another I worked in a nursing home I worked in an adult training facility with some low-functioning individuals working here helping Mm. people I worked in the school district I worked in a preschool so really it came back to all of those different communities which involve families Mm. and then a bigger community becoming like a family and why to you what what were some qualities excuse me, qualities of those communities that stood out to you and that you cherish that made you feel like you want to be better or you want to contribute more? Right. Well, I, I think that I am, I am a, I have a helping personality. Mm. So I think I've sought out those types of communities my whole life. Like where can I help? Where can I feel good about what I have to offer and help people be better versions of themselves? And then through that, I become a better person and become more connected with people. I'm not someone who necessarily goes, you know, girls weekend or girls night out, but really, you know, becoming involved with people where I can help them. That's really where I feel like I grow and that's where I find my happiness. Hmm. So the community that you're involved in has to have this element of giving back. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and because you know that that's, that's something that fuels your heart and your soul. Yes. Yes, Very that was cool. a very nice way of putting it. I guess I didn't <laughs> piece it together that way. Good no, job, it's, it, it makes yeah. sense. Like I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to work on my active listening skills. So, because mm-hmm. you know, like here, here's the struggle of doing a podcast, right? Like basically, the spotlight's on. You know, we don't think in in right now as we're recording, it's not. But as we put it out in the universe, the spotlight's on. Everybody can't anybody can hear it. Right. And so sometimes, and one of the things that I do is I usually listen back to the podcast two or three times, and I realize like my response to your questions or your comments sometimes has nothing to do with what you're saying. So I'm trying to work on okay, like I really need to actively listen. So this is a flowy conversation. So I get sidetracked with where I want to take the podcast. Mm. And, and how to continue the conversation that we're having. And then I think continuing the conversation that we're having is more important than where I want to take the podcast. Do you see what I'm saying? So, gotcha. like, that's something that I'm trying to actively practice. Mm-hmm. Complete side note. But <laughs> <laughs> that I was trying to kind of explain the process as to how I was going about that. Um, 
So community, I just kind of looked it up, the definition of the community online to see like, so, because, you know, like we have an idea what a community is. But so what is a dictionary definition of a community? It says a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, Mm -hmm. interests, and goals. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yes. Right? So let's switch gears. When thinking about creating a community, what are some values that we're consciously trying to practice on our daily basis, especially through our community here, like whether this podcast community or through the RMS community? What do you think are some of the things that we practice here? So for our RMS, Mm -hmm. especially with our athletes, we have this sense of, you know, everybody's going to come in, work together, build each other up, find where you're at in that particular day and 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 move with it mm-hmm. um for our adult clients same thing just really working together um you know everybody is just everybody's growing in their own way mm-hmm. coming together we see these friendships form we see people that maybe we wouldn't have put together but maybe they're at the same skill level um but one of the things I love about our community is that we have people all over all ranges mm-hmm. and then they all come together for mm-hmm. the same common goal. And mm-hmm. it's, that's, that's a really incredible thing to, to see. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I was thinking about like, is top down community better or a bottom up community better? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. where the community grows because the roots of the people, the members in it have, you know, have the power to kind of steer where the community goes or, you know, not like a conscious power, but unconsciously they've kind of gained that momentum to create that and go. Mm-hmm. Or is the community better when the top, the leader is really strong minded and knows exactly where the, where he wants to take the organization or the company or the community to where he sees fit. I think it's a balance of both. I'm like we too. always yes. talk about. I think we have a clear vision of what we want to do, mm-hmm. but that clear vision came from what we thought or what we feel like what our clients and the families want from our facility. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so one of the things that we are really open in saying, especially on the dance field is dance side is, Hey, if you really want your kid to be a professional dancer and that's the angle we're probably not the facility for you Mm -hmm. because to be a community that's open to anybody and everybody, we also need to cut ties and make sure to make a clear set, clear boundaries in one way or another to say like, Hey, this is who we are and this is who we're not. Like, you know, part of knowing who you are is understanding who you're not. Mm -hmm. Right. And that applies, I think in any, and any aspects of life, right. you know, to understand who you are, you have to cut off who you are not. Um, and so the who we are not is we're not going to just focus on developing a professional dancer. Like that's not going to be that's not going to dictate how we teach. That's not going to dictate what we do. Um, but we're going to foster kids. And we're going to use dance and fitness and training as a vehicle to work with our youth. And I think in adults, you know, it's a little bit different approach because obviously, you know, adults and kids are different. But when it comes to kids, I've always had this clear vision. Mm -hmm. We use what we do as a vehicle 
to teach them important life lessons, to get them to see things differently. I think that's another layer we added. For the longest time, I thought in terms of like, we, like, we want to use that as a vehicle to teach. But really, it's not just about teaching. It's about showing them different perspective, different ways of looking at things. Because I think for a long time, you know, in many ways, they are told to look at things one way. Mm-hmm. But we come in and show them different ways of looking at it. Right. So like you, let's take training, for example. A lot of the, you know, I don't want to stereotype, a lot of the boys come in here thinking heavier the weights I can lift, the better I am, the stronger I am, the better athletes I become. Right. Not necessarily true. Right. There's a baseline to that, that you need to understand how the body operates and you can't always lift heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like an eye-opening moment. Like, well, what do you mean? But then you start to show them and then they start to feel the difference. And that's how you create buy-in and they are able to gain new perspective. So these are like steps that happens and it's not always as linear as I described it, but that's how we, that's what we try to focus on. Same thing on the dance side. And these were like, you know, this was communicative, right? Like this wasn't something that I knew coming into what we're doing. It was trying and error and just kind of assessing what, what the kids were saying, understanding what the kids were saying and also kind of seeing what they were doing and combining the two together to kind of come up with a solution. And I think right now, to be honest with you, I think that's what we're doing with the adult program. You know, like the whole COVID situation kind of threw a wrench in all of this. Mm -hmm. I think we were on a path to really figure out what that was for the adults before everything shut down, but it threw a wrench and we had to kind of sidetrack to a road that we weren't expecting and we survived, quote unquote survived. Right. Right. But now we're ready to kind of get back on track and figure out what that is because we have a vision of what we want. Mm -hmm. So what do we want? Number one, we want adults to enjoy training, being here. And number two, I want them to see training in a different way. Right. So a lot of times they'll come in like, oh, yeah, I want to work out with you guys. I want to just take your class because to them taking class means, all right, I get sweaty. I get sore. Good. Done. Checklist. Right. I'll lose weight, yeah. which is fine. Like, you know, ch- checking off the box like they're, you know, that's that's one way of looking at it. But in the process, you know, I've recently I've had this conversation more frequently than in the past. It's what does your the name of your studio mean? Like if you, you know, like we're called Resurrection Movement Studio. Is there a religious tie? What is it? It's like, sure, there's a spiritual meaning behind it. There's not a religious tie. I don't know. I'm not, you know, we're not. um what do you call it? We don't have a strong relationship with the church or anything like that as a, as a business, but we have a spiritual tie to, to, to spiritual connection. I mean, this was, you know, I'm not shy in saying like the name of the studio, the idea of the studio came from a message from God. That's, a, that's our spiritual tie. Right. Mm-hmm. But why is the name resurrection so important? It's important because I look at that word as a rediscovery, right. finding yourself again, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, basically the word resurrection means coming back from the dead. Right. But and it, it sounds kind of harsh in a sense, but like I look at it in the terms of, OK, like the word resurrection to me means finding yourself again, rediscovering, feeling rejuvenated because you were able to see movement as something different than, quote unquote, what you need to do to become healthier. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so much more to them that like I'd rather a client see it as I'm finding my strength than I'm losing weight. Right. You know, that's different approach, different views, basically same thing, but different way of looking at it. And that's what we are trying to focus on. Right. And we're not here to brainwash. We're, we want to meet clients where they are, but take them through the process in trying to get them to think a little differently. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And they find out so many things about themselves while they're here. I've seen so many amazing transformations and, and really none of them have much, if anything to do with, you know, losing weight or how sweaty you got, mm-hmm. uh, to see them building confidence, to see them feeling better, to see them recovering from injuries, to be able to do movements that they thought they could never do. Mm-hmm. That's where they're really rising up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when while we're in the process of creating this community, right? Mm-hmm. Let's come back to the word of the community. Mm-hmm. This community of people who are in, on the journey to see themselves a little differently, you know, and finding a meaningful thing, a meaningful part of their life in, in, in training with us and, and continue rediscovering themselves. We own it to them to continue to educate to understand and know how to create an open environment for everyone. And it's what I'm finding out recently is it starts with small things. Like it starts with our word choices, mm-hmm. how we say things, how we coach, what we say, because words matter and it carries meanings. So we want to make sure that we practice those things. We're here. And that's why we have staff meetings to, talk about those things Mm -hmm. you know we try to compliment them not based on quote unquote the way they look but compliment them on how much they're smiling the energy that they're pouring out because this fitness thing doesn't have to be about looks it doesn't right you know it's so much more than that and Mm -hmm. that's the layer that we want to dive in the marketing in the fitness industry will tell you otherwise. It's all about the looks. And it's all about the you know, exterior looks, blah, blah, blah. I get so sick of hearing that, you know? Right. Excuse me. And then I, I know that, you know, it's hard to believe, but some fitness professionals don't have a best intention for you, unfortunately, as a consumers. Because it's so easy to sell, quote, unquote, sell on the exterior. And, and their goal is to keep you in that loop of falling into the next product the new thing the next product blah 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 blah. right just more money consumption have that's these how they goals s- that are just mm-hmm. nearly unreachable for most people right yeah so, you're talking about our virtual community and yeah it, it's in a sense i feel like we sort of you know that community will always be so important to me for the rest of my life I hope that we keep virtual forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that we will eventually start moving back to the gym, but having that virtual community. So we changed, we, we transformed from, from in studio in the gym to this, this virtual family, this virtual community. And we, we almost kind of, you know, saved each other when, when quarantine happened and gave us something to look forward to. And it didn't become about all of those things. Like you're talking about, it became about, us bonding together and, and, and working together. And we had to learn it together. Mm -hmm. Coaches had to learn with their, their clients and, and see what works and how we're going to grow and how we're going to do this 
what movements can we provide you safely? All of that. But it just, that was such a strong bond that was formed that we never expected, that we never intended. Uh, yeah. So as you're talking about that, I, I just, I'm feeling warm and fuzzy inside about all of our, wow. all of the transformations that we've had virtually through this. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to see that happen. But, you know, in the beginning, we had no idea what we're doing, right? Right. Like we, and the greatest thing I think I've learned is greatest tool that I have is asking for feedback. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard and sometimes like anticipation of the feedback gives me anxiety. Right. But at the same time, I know that if I seek feedback, I will get an honest answer for the most part. And if I can find a way to implement that, they feel value that we honor their input, mm -hmm. you know? And, and to me, that's important because like, if we are truly trying to create a community for everyone, feedback is so important to consider mm -hmm. and, and to, to receive. Right. Gives because, everyone in the community value. Because we can think to know, to know what, you know, that we understand what clients want. But until you ask, mm -hmm. you don't know. Right. Right. I mean, it's just like relationship. You can think to know, you can think to think, that your spouse knows how you're feeling or that they, they, they know your expectation, but they don't. Right. That's so true. <laughs> it is so true. Right. Yeah. Because um, maybe a lot of times we assume that their values are, are the same as ours and yeah. maybe they're not. And you have to see both sides. Right. And you, if we can, and then I think the successful marriages happen when you play off of your strength. Mm-hmm. And, and cover each other's weaknesses by utilizing your strength. You know, and that's that's like the yin and the yang match, right? You can't both be yings, because if you do, you <laughs> just like break mugs or something. <laughs> but <laughs> you've never done that, have no, you? Dudes? No, no, no. Never. Uh -uh. I've heard about <laughs> people that do. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add to the the aspect of the community? I don't think so. I think you know, just um, I I had I guess I had never really thought about community as much as I have today, and how important it is, and how we each have um, different outcomes that we want from the community that we're involved in. But when you're part of a really good one, and everybody works together and and makes everyone in that group important, it just it's such a good place to be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave you with this, this idea that um, I had a discussion with my pastor last week. And I said to him, I said, you know, I always love having deep conversation, right? And this is on a little bit of a spiritual side. And I think if you are a spiritual person, you can kind of see where I'm coming from. I said, what if God's intention was to create this figure of authority in Jesus that people looked up to? So we didn't have to worry about power struggles. Rather, we focused on be building each other up and helping each other to create this great community, right? And where we went wrong is we didn't follow what he intended to do, and we started to strive for power and money and things that distracts us. Mm -hmm. That's where we got out of harmony. So if we were call to just focus on building community and taking care of each other 
right? Instead of me, 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 which feel like is what we see often, that we really, truly, truly, truly at the core decided that we're going to care for each other as much as we can and put our need and willing to put our own needs aside to take care of others, right? And, and that sounds like a, a, a utopia. But if that was the intention of the God for us humans to live on this earth, how would the world look today? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was the true intention of Jesus and in and, and, and God. And, um, you know, to me, that's how I see community. Right. It can happen in smaller scales, and I think it can happen in bigger scales. But really, if we just focused on taking care of each other and then inspiring each other to take care of one another you know like that was the element that we focused and we honed in on instead of our own personal growth and i mean those are important but to me i look at it as like those naturally happen when we start to see when we are when our perspective changes to you know, what can I do for the community? What value can I bring to the community? If I can get, get myself to be a better version of myself, I can contribute more. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas right now I feel like there's more focus on if I can grow, if I can get better, I can make more money. Right. So that's self-centered, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're other-centered, you think in terms of if I can know more, if I can do more, I can provide more for the community right and i know a lot of people think in terms if i can do more if i can contribute more i can help my family but to me it's like okay like i understand that but isn't that still almost self-centered instead of other centered because you're only thinking in terms of your tribe right so if your circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger i feel like that's better for the world and the community as a whole Right. Building each other up. When you said that, that really, I mean, that's what community is to me. Yeah. Building each other up, helping people just be better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. That would be a beautiful place. And I think that's what we want to strive to be in a, in a small community that we have with the people who trust us and our vision. I think that's what we continue to want to strive to be is, is I always keep that in the back of my head. And I said, you know, Whatever I'm doing, I want to make sure that I can continue to sharpen my knife so I can help somebody. I can help cut somebody else's vegetable. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if I can sharpen my knife to cut other people's vegetables or fruits, then I'm helping my community, right? I'm not just sharpening to cut my own. Mm -hmm. I want to help cut other people's. That's a crazy metaphor, but I think it, it works. It is. You're reminding me my knives need to be sharpened. And, <laughs> and I'm not very good at cutting vegetables, according to my daughter. And yeah. <laughs> so come over anytime. Bring your knives. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that's a good end to this episode. <laughs> we, will, we will talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>